pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, good afternoon, everyone. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Uh, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Right now, it is 106 on this Tuesday. And, folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by The Lodge, Pub and Eatery. Stop it and see them. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. You know, The Lodge, Pub and Eatery. Wait till you see the beautiful new deck that they've put on. Because, you know what? All right. So it's a little chilly. They're going to get the igloos going. Um, Full bar, big dining area, unique rustic setting. I love the bar area. There's delicious food. Family owned and operated. Stop it and see them. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. I was just there on Friday, and the food is just fantastic. But I really love that uh, that outdoor deck that they have. All right, folks. Good afternoon. Again, it's 107. It's John DePietro. Make sure you visit the website, depetro.com and depetro.com, which is brought to you by Endzone. Uh, Sports Pub, 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. The Patriots are in first place. Catch all the action. End Zone Sports Pub. Again, it links right through. You want to check out the website. We have some uh, original and unique stories there from the incident regarding the uh, white supremacist going after Black Lives Matter in Pawtucket uh, the other night. And then also, uh, they we're going to have like a full-scale race war if this type of stuff continues. And or... Um, you, you also have the story about Congressman David Cicilline. We have the North Kingstown meeting and a lot more. It's a happening. Check it out on the website, depetro.com, uh, brought to you by Endzone Sports Pub. Remember, karaoke Friday and Saturday nights, and they have the NFL ticket on Sunday. So, and next Monday night, that is going to be what a game. Patriots, first place Patriots against the Bills in Buffalo, Monday night football. It's going to be a happening at Endzone Sports Pub. Stop in and see Dana and Company. All right, I want to get to, um, I've been talking about it, but this story regarding they have actually uh, now a race, uh, excuse me, they've arrested this one, an individual who was involved, apparently, with, um, he was in D.C. on January 6th. Now, this is the same guy, apparently, uh, and boy, boy, do they have him nailed dead to rights. Seem to. Footage of this Timothy Disjardins. He's the guy, and they have the, the footage of him at the Capitol. He was the one arrested Federal Hill. And he was in the footage they have, they see they haven't been able to identify everyone, but boy, he was right in the uh the thick of it. You know, I've seen footage of him. He was using like the leg of a table and he was beating some of the Capitol police officers. Now why this is significant is, you know, this is, boy, he and he was right up there against the guards. Black leather jacket, gray cap. He had a mask on. First he had a, like a scarf on covering his face. But then he, he brought it down. Then he had a mask on. So let me see. Um, oh, they also have him. Holy cow. He went inside the Capitol. And they have footage of him inside the Capitol. Is that an axe? He had axes inside the Capitol? Why did he bring an axe? Who brings an axe? (laughs) This guy does. Wow. Talk about looking for trouble. Holy moly. All right. Let me get to, um, all right. So they don't have audio of it. But I think Channel 12 has audio on it. I think Tim White. Yeah, they do. All right. So this was the guy involved with the standoff on the hill. Um, he was also involved with the, I was there for the shooting at the Walgreens parking lot in September. You know what's amazing, folks? Is it, I, I, I would have swore it was October, but I think it was September. All right, I want to hear. This is the um, Channel 12 story on this uh, guy arrested in the Capitol. Here we go. Here's to pass along to you from wow. the Target 12 investigators. A Providence man has been identified by the FBI as one of the suspects that stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Timothy Desjardins has been named as a defendant in the ongoing criminal case into the riot. He was charged with six criminal counts, including assaulting an officer at the Capitol. FBI says he used a leg from a table to commit the assault. 
Now, DeSartan is currently being held at the ACI after an armed standoff with Providence Police on Federal Hill earlier this month. 35-year-old was charged on November the 19th for his alleged role in the riot at the Capitol. The case was just unsealed today at federal court in Washington, D.C. Certainly, this is a developing story. We'll have much more for you today on 12 News at 4. Big time it is. All right, let me get to, uh, well, I mean, the charges against him now are, um, are <laughs> let's just say it's going up another level. How about Dr. Raz is going to run for the Senate? You know, he might win. He's going to run for the Pennsylvania Open U.S. Senate seat as a Republican. Dr. Raz, the celebrity heart surgeon. How about that? I'm telling you, he's going to win. I think he's going to win. I think he's going to win. Um, let me see also. Um, let me see what else. Um, I want to find the, the charges against the uh, first person from Rhode Island charged in connection with the Capitol riot. Whew. Yeah, he's this guy. Katie Mulvaney has a Providence man engaged police in an armed standoff. First Rhode Islander face charges. They're still looking for people, as I said. Timothy Discharges, accused of attacking Capitol Police officer with a broken wooden table during the insurrection. Well, it wasn't an insurrection. Still wasn't armed. What are we doing with that axe? Black leather jacket, flat cap hat, Ear Jordan camouflage backpack. You know, they, they had no idea who he was. No idea who he was. No idea. If he had not getting, got in trouble with the federal health thing, he's charged with assaulting, resisting, impeding officers using a dangerous weapon, civil disorder, entering restricted grounds with a dangerous weapon, engaging in physical violence, disorderly conduct in a Capitol building, demonstrating Capitol building. He engaged in the hours-long standoff with Providence Police November 11th, Veterans Day, in the We the People barbershop he owns on Apples Avenue. At the time, he was free on bail after police alleged he shot a man in the Walgreens parking lot September 26th after a confrontation. (laughs) Um, In asking that it be held without bail, a prosecutor noted the 357 caliber gun he used in the alleged assault outside the Federal Hill Pharmacy had not been recovered and is a criminal record in Maine that includes robbery. Investigators said they recovered a 38 caliber handgun after the standoff that discharged had twice pointed at officers before being taken into custody. The police seized 194 rounds of ammunition at his apartment. District Court Judge Terry Houlihan ordered him held without bail. An alleged probation violator remains at the ACI. Secretary of State records indicate he organized the We the People Barbershop August 16th. Wow. Whew. What a nutcase. Boy, just folks, you never know. Absolutely never know. Um... I also want to mention, you know, Channel 12 did this big story on gun violence. It's they don't mention the sanctuary city. You know what else that I want to mention about that? Um, Steph Machado is the reporter. And and this is going to sound critical of her report, but it's it's constructive criticism, I think. Let me just make sure I didn't miss anything else with this uh, guy arrested at the Capitol. How about that? After he tells police, I shouldn't have given myself up. I should have blasted you guys. I mean, that is just, whew. Um, But the problem I have with the story that they did on the situation with violence in Providence. Now, they mention, hear me out. Right now it's 1.15 and you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Uh, what I wanted to mention about the Channel 12 story is they mentioned the number of handgun sales increased in the state last year. But here's the part that gets me is they reported as if, boy, and for some reason, uh, no one knows why gun sales went through the roof in 2020. Well, were you like, you know, what are you, Rip Van Winkle? Were you living in a cave? You know why? Gun sales went through the roof is because people were watching uh, 
all of the rioting and the, quote, peaceful protesters, you know, every week through the summer of 2020, where they were smashing windows and burning buildings and tearing down statues and fighting with police. And there was calls to defund the police. But it's treated as if, gee, I I wonder why gun sales. You know why? Because people like, holy cow. Like, I need to defend myself. I need to arm myself. That's what was going on with this whole thing. And they don't know that. And it's also, you know, nowhere in there. I'm not going to play the report. It's too long. But nowhere in there do they even mention the fact that under Mayor Lorza and the progressive uh, city council that they disabled the gang database. You know, Steph Machado of Channel 12 says, and Washington Park had the highest number of shootings. Well, that's because some gang members live over there. And they were involved with a nine-person shootout. And the reason the gang problem has gotten worse is because the progressives, including Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos, part of the McKee administration, voted to disable and not allow Providence Police to use the gang database that they were using effectively to track criminal activity. How do you not mention that? You know, I, I just, um, just as, like, this, and maybe I will play it, but this approach of, gee, for no reason, no, no one can figure out. You're not even, like, looking in the right places. You know, I, I will play it. I will play it. Uh, folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by JKL Engineering. Folks, call JKL today at 401-351-7600. JKL Engineering, the license in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You can depend on JKL Engineering. Give them a call, 401-351-7600. You know, they can help reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. It's JKL Engineering, 401-351-7600. All right, I, I will play it. I'll do a little stop and start. Um, I, I don't think they even touch on why there's been so many shootings in, in the city of Providence. I don't I don't think they do. Um, city leaders seek solutions. They're, they're not even, you know, this is like the scene in Moneyball. You're, you're not even looking at the problem. Billy, I think we all know what the problem is. I, what's the problem? So far, 75 people have been shot in Providence. And they don't even mention the gangs or the Black Lives Matter protests of the sanctuary city. All right, here we go. People are being shot and killed at a lot of across the country. That includes in Providence, where shootings and murders spiked last summer and haven't slowed down since. Tonight, Target 12 examines crime data in depth, pinpointing the neighborhoods where violence has erupted the most. Target 12 investigator Steph Machado has been examining the trend and joins us now with what's being done to stop it. Providence had successfully brought its violent crime rate down before the pandemic, so an increase in gun crimes is raising alarm. In 2021 so far, 75 people have been shot in the city of Providence. The bullets fired in nightclubs, a laundromat, a restaurant during breakfast, a young woman gunned down leaving a friend's house. A Target 12 review of the addresses where shootings have happened this year show people are being injured or killed by gunfire across the city. From the northern border to South Providence, the neighborhood with the highest number of shootings this year is Washington Park, where 11 people have been shot so far in 2021, eight of them in May during a gang-related shootout on Carolina Avenue. I was really worried, and then I barely go out. Patricia Delgado moved to Washington Park right before that shooting. She was outside when it happened and heard the shots. 
now she stays in. It makes me worry too, since I have a little voice, you know, he will have to get raised here, so I'm worried about that. Shootings in Providence had been dropping in the past decade, from 110 people shot in 2011 down to just 35 in 2019. But they spiked again in 2020, with 73 people shot in Providence last year and 75 so far in 2021. In the middle of 2020, something happened. Providence's police chief, Hugh Clements, says the city is following a national trend of increased shootings and homicides. This is disturbing, what's going on in the city right now. Criminologists around the country are scratching their heads and grappling with exactly what is taking place. One explanation is an increase in gun sales. The number of federal background checks for gun purchases initiated in Rhode Island more than doubled in 2020, according to the FBI. Criminals often get people with clean records to buy guns for them in what are called straw purchases, which Clement says are common in Providence. We are seeing way more firearms and guns in the community uh, than we've ever seen. To date, we have 183 guns taken off the street, which I believe is uh, the highest number in my recollection in years. The shootings in Providence are also becoming deadlier. While the number of people shot was higher in 2011, there were just 12 homicides that year in the city. This year, so far, there have been 22 homicides, the highest number since 2009. All but two were shootings. How many officers are specifically dedicated to gun violence? We, we only have a small violent crime task force. Um, with a sergeant and four, we're looking to add to that. Clement says that the 49 new Providence police officers that just graduated from the academy will allow more experienced officers to backfill those specialized units. When the recruits finish field training in January, they'll bolster the number of officers patrolling the streets. Where we see an uptick in violent crime or gun activity in certain areas, we direct resources towards that area. Right now, that's Washington Park, South Providence, the West End, Federal Hill, Olneyville, and the Wanskuk neighborhood up near Providence College, which has seen 10 shootings this year, the second most for any Providence neighborhood. I worry about the safety of the communities where there's gun violence occurs all the time. And that's what keeps me up at night, but I really think we're ready to turn the corner. Police are, of course, just one piece of the puzzle when it comes to tackling gun crimes. Chief Clements refers to it as a shared responsibility with other social service agencies, clinicians, and organizations. With the Target 12 investigators, I'm Steph Machado, 12 News. Again, uh, you know, now, this whole bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, um, all right, you know, maybe, is it fair criticism that, um, fair criticism that, the, that the chief didn't say those things um, I think that's fair that's fair he also didn't go out of his way to mention the things that I mentioned you know and I, I get it oh do you know more than the no I'm not saying I know more than police I'm not I'm not saying that um, I also want to uh, folks right now at 124 good afternoon you're listening to the John DePietro show I want to give credit that and we may speak with her representative sherry roberts also is taking issue with governor mckee and these three thousand dollar bribes so i also noticed tomorrow so we may talk to her she's exactly right but everyone should be where's everybody else how come no one else is speaking out on this like this type of thing annoys me i just saw so Governor McKee's going to have a COVID briefing, and it's tomorrow morning? <laughs> He's having a COVID briefing tomorrow in Lincoln. What is that all about? 9.30 in the morning tomorrow? Ah, morning's tough for me. Morning's tough for one. I, I usually have other things that are set up. Um, uh, something needs to be done. Something needs to be done. And... I'm glad that people are speaking out. Maybe this will spark other people to speak out about it. Um, As far as other reps uh, will speak out that it's wrong. Because she should not be the only one. She should not be the only one. All due respect, I'm glad she's speaking out, but she should not be the only one. My question is, where's everybody else?
Um, I think we are going to talk to her. And I don't like to do that. She can't control what everyone else is doing. But other people should be speaking out about this. Um, These are their bribes. They're bribes. There's no other explanation for it. Governor McKee can try to spin this any way that he wants. But he's using COVID money to bribe people. So where are the men? Two women have stepped forward. Where are the men? Where are the men? Where are the men? How come so far we just have Charlene Lima, who is high level? That tells, oh, yeah. I mean, I can't believe some of the things that they're they're not going with. Um, between uh, um, you, you know, I, I don't know what to make. I'm going to wait to find out about this stuff that's coming out of the uh, Ghislaine Maxwell trial. The pilot named some pretty big name people. Uh, that were along for that. So, um, let me just, I just want to double check. But so far, <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene calls GOP colleague trash. <laughs> Boy, everybody is fighting these days. My goodness. Um, Um, they're really going after Trump with this Jeffrey Epstein stuff. Boy, you know, Governor McKee is trying to give out money left and right. He is, talk about like going, living in an alternate universe. He is absolutely living in an alternate universe with, with all this money that he can throw around. Um, God, I really like the governor of uh, Florida. All right, let me just see this. Uh, what is the story that they're claiming about President Trump trying to claim that he's Epstein pilot says Trump flew on Lolita, Lolita Express? It doesn't mean anything. A lot of Bill Clinton flew on that plane. So we have that. There's no photo of him on the plane. Uh, Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton all flew. Supposedly, says the pilot. Hey, they wanted to get her in the court. Um, he's testifying for the prosecution, quizzed her in cross-examination about passengers aboard the Gulfstream plane. He confirmed Trump, Andrew Clinton, all flew on the plane. Also, Chris Tucker, Kevin Spacey, John Glenn, George Mitchell uh, said he never saw any sexual activity in the flight or underage girls. Listen, the guy at a jet, he moved in certain circles. He, he donated a lot of money to Harvard. Uh, Clinton, Trump, Andrew, all been reported of one's friendships with Epstein. Um, oh, good. Okay. Yes. Okay. We're going to uh, we're going to speak with rep. They're, they're going to run with the headlines of this without question. But all right, folks, I want to uh, let me get her on the line because this is an important story. It is regarding Governor McKee, and I'm glad that she is, in fact, speaking. Folks, joining us right now on the John DePietro Show is Representative Sherry Roberts. Good afternoon, Rep. Roberts. Hi, thank you for having me. Rep., uh, I want to applaud you for your statement. Uh, it's wrong. You hit a lot of high points, but I want people to hear your voice explaining why this should not go on. And that Governor McKee, I'm going to use the word, should not be allowed to bribe state workers, union workers with $3,000 under the guise of it's for getting a vaccination. Yeah, that sure is what it looks like. <laughs> uh, so I just think, you know, what about the average taxpayer who is not offered this incentive money? This is taxpayer money. There are other priorities that we have. Uh, things that are mismanaged, like uh, DCYF. You know, we should be helping the most vulnerable. And and, and like the veterans home, we need to fix that. Why are we wasting money on giving this incentive money to people for getting a COVID shot? Which, in my opinion, it's not not really a vaccine. It's just a treatment. Uh, But we're going to run out of money at some point. I mean, there are other things that, that we could be spending that money on much more wisely. This is a taxpayer's money. 
after all. And what about the the regular citizen who's not a state employee uh, who has taken the vaccine and they haven't been incentivized with any cash well, payments? And well, Navrat, let, let, let's talk about that. Um, and I'm not trying to correct you, but let, let's look at how this lays out. Actually, Governor McKee did offer the regular hardworking taxpayer an incentive. He said, if you go to the dunk, you get a $1 scratch ticket if you get the vaccine. So let, let's let's lay this on the table before. And I don't want to confuse people about DCYF or the veterans home. But the regular taxpayer was offered a $1 scratch ticket to go to the dunk. And apparently 35 people did. For if you're on the inside politically connected crowd, you're a state worker, union worker, you're getting a $3,000 bribe in order to, listen, it makes no sense, Rep. And on top of that, now, I want to ask you, is this, it's my understanding, you're saying it's taxpayer money, but it's my understanding he's taking this out of the COVID relief money. Now, granted, that is taxpayer money, but- they're trying to do it under the guise of COVID relief money. So is that where I'm, I'm now you're saying it's taxpayer money. I'm, I'm thinking he's taking this out of the big COVID relief of I think it's one point one billion. Yeah, yes, of course. But where does okay. all that money come from? No, no, I understand that. But there's a difference between like regular money in the general fund and or the COVID relief money. So listen, here's the thing, Rep. Um, why is it that, well, here's the other thing. Wouldn't, you already have other unions that have said, well, if Council 94 and those state worker union workers are going to get it, then they expect it. There's 15,000 state employees over that. If if Governor McKee ends up giving 3,000 to all the state employees, that's $45 million in COVID relief money. On the other side of the equation are the rest of the taxpayers who are not getting anything. Yes, I, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's the best use of the money at all. It's, it's not fair. fair. It's not fair. No. It's absolutely not fair. And, Rep, let me ask you this. And, again, we're speaking with Representative Sherry Roberts. Rep, first of all, Charlene Lima, who, as you know, is a big player, I think deputy majority leader, she has spoken out about it. You have spoken out about it. The Rhode Island Republican Party issued one statement about it. And again, I want to commend you, but we, where is everybody else? And I know you guys are not in session, but like, are you talking with your colleagues? Like, how come this isn't coming from the Republican caucus that is everyone's against it? Uh, well, I mean, people, different representatives have different views. Uh, I'm sure that they probably don't agree with this. Everybody works on different issues, so I really can't okay. speak exactly on each one of them's behalf. You know, okay. <laughs> do, you think, do you think we'll hear from more people? Like, I, I'd like to, you know, listen, you're speaking up. Rep Lima's speaking up. I, I'd like to hear someone in the state Senate speak up. Uh, if, if more reps speak up and draw more attention to it, it certainly is going to make it more uncomfortable for Governor McKee to, and Rep, I want to go a step farther. Governor McKee tells us that 95% of the state is vaccinated. Governor McKee says that Rhode Island is number one in the nation, right? So it's my understanding that he would give the state workers 1500 the month of December for Christmas money and then another 1500 for the second shot in July. Now, Rep, in July is when early voting starts for the Democrat primary. If, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but can you convince me somehow that this is not a bribe that he is giving union workers $1,500 right before the Democrat primary for governor? I'm afraid I can't convince you of that. No, because, listen, that's what it is. It's a bribe. It's a $3,000 bribe. There's no other explanation for it. This is... Rep, and, and where I encourage you, and I applaud you, I should say, folks, it's Representative Sherry Roberts. You also talk about what's next. Are we going to give bonuses to diabetics who don't eat sweets? How about if people that are obese, we're going to give them bonuses to lose weight. If there are smokers, we're going to start giving bonuses for people to quit smoking. What People have a drinking problem. We're like, Where does this end when you start to incentivize uh, what Governor McKee was telling people? It's the right thing to do. And as you say... 
it, it's a treatment is what it is. <laughs> yes, and, and that's an opinion if he thinks it's the right thing to do. Everybody, everybody should make their own medical decision. I don't think government should be involved in that. That's me. <laughs> right. That's, that's what I, well, let, let's talk about Massachusetts. Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker. There's over 40,000 state workers in Massachusetts. He, he put forward a mandate. Either get the vaccine or you're not going to be a state worker. So he's handling it that way. Governor McKee is going to state workers who were vaccinated back in, let's just say, February, March. And say, like, Rep, there's no reason to give those people the, the money. They, they, like, there's no reason to give it to them. They already got the vaccine. Yeah. 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 I, I don't understand it. I don't know. <laughs> you do understand it, right? It's a bribe. Yeah. Convince me it's not a bribe. And I'm not trying to put you on the spot. And I don't know what you expected we were going to talk. But but just explain to me that it's not a bribe. Because I can't get past. I, I see this I no other way that it's not a bribe. Yeah, I can't explain that it's not a, that it's not a bribe. It doesn't make sense to me. My question is, why are they trying that hard to get more people vaccinated? It's a personal decision, again, that I don't think that the government belongs in. It doesn't make sense to me. If All right, now, the, this point, isn't the government. It's Governor McKee, right? So yeah. it's it's not Speaker Sakachi. I, I don't believe it's Leader Filippi. It's it's not Dominic Ruggiero. This isn't President Biden. This isn't Jack Reed or Sheldon. No, no. This is one guy. And I know you're trying to say government decisions. I'm not trying to be critical. I just I don't know why. You, I know, but I don't know why you want to confuse people like like the people that got the vaccine are going to get the money. So someone says, oh. I, I got the vaccine back in February and March. They're not even expecting $3,000. This, the, to me, it's pretty clear why they're getting the money in July. It's, wouldn't that make sense to you? I mean, let's you and I pretend that we're in Council 94, right? And the Democrat primary and the early voting starts in August. And we're looking at Seth Magaziner and Dan McKee and Matt Brown and Nellie Gorbia. And McKee is standing waving at us, say, hello, I'm the guy that gave you $3,000. Rep, I'm telling you, if I'm a Council 94 union member, I mean, don't you think that's incentive to vote for the guy that just gave you three grand? I would think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. come on, we can be honest. So, yeah. <laughs> no, listen, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I think it would be effective if Representative Chippendale... The Lippy, the Republican caucus issued a statement. This is not fair to the people of Rhode Island. There's no right. This doesn't there's no precedent for it. Massachusetts is not doing this. Connecticut's not doing it. You know what? I'm actually unaware of any state that is doing this. This is one guy. This is Governor Dan McKee, who is fulfilling the term of Governor Raimondo. Um, he hesitated from putting in a mandate. This goes beyond a mandate. I I can't think of one reason. If if the and and you know what, rep. And again, folks, it's Representative Sherry Roberts. You know, you raise a good point. You you do have people. Let's just say you and I are state workers, and we didn't get the vaccine, and we say, oh, now we're going to go and get the vaccine. So I get three grand. You get three grand. How about if there's other people in the in our office that are state workers and they got the vaccine back in the spring? How, how is that fair to them? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So they're just, I guess, giving it to all of them. So, so in other words, that's right. So they're going to give it to all of them. So you have someone who back in the spring got the vaccine and Governor McKee says, I think that was fantastic. And as since you went and got it in the spring. I'm going to give you $3,000. Rep, Rep, Rep Roberts, what about me? What about you? What about the small businesses? What about the regular taxpayers? Why is he, first he bribed the Providence teachers by giving them $3,000. Now he wants to bribe the state workers. I'm telling you right now, Rep Roberts, I can't come up with one 
rational explanation other than trying to curry favor with the unions right before the Democrat primary, which is going to be in September. Well, isn't that how things usually work? No, no, I have never heard that. I have not heard of that. I have not not heard of giving bonuses to state employee union members uh, within 30 days of an election. No, that is not the usual way that things are done. I can't recall this ever being done. So to use phrases like, isn't that always the way? Are you are you with the McKee administration? No, no, I I didn't. I think maybe I misstated it. What I'm saying is, I think what I'm trying to uh, say here is it would not be unusual. It would not surprise me that a stunt like that would be pulled to gain favor with the voters. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm sorry if I I disagree. (laughs) I'm going to disagree because it's never been done. This is bribery. We haven't been in a covid situation like this. Uh, This is an extreme circumstance. I have never heard of a governor issuing $3,000 bonuses to union members and state workers prior to a Democrat primary. You certainly, you never heard of a Republican governor doing it. Uh, I never heard Raimondo doing that. I never heard Chafee doing that. I never heard Sunland do that. This is something more along the akin to a a Governor DePreet, but... Uh, we've never been in this situation. I would disagree with you and say I'd say this is we are in uncharted territory with Governor McKee doing something like this. No. So, and, and I agree with I agree with your statement. I'm just I think what I'm tr- trying to explain here is that it's not. Yes, this is an unprecedented situation. We've never been through COVID before. This is an entirely new thing. So I totally agree with you. It just doesn't surprise me that a stunt like this would be pulled, I think is what I'm trying to say. Well, just in time for an action. Yep. That's what I mean. All right. You well, know? listen, I commend you for speaking out. I commend Charlene Lima. I think uh, I think it would really be a strong statement if uh, some of your colleagues up there in Smith Hill joined you in this. I think yeah. it'd be great if some... Senators, I know maybe everyone's kind of waking up after the long Thanksgiving weekend, but this should not this should not be tolerated. And I'll also say one more thing, Rep. You know, this business of the McKee people are trying to say, and this is another uh, it, this is a, a false talking point. Well, we can't discuss this because the contract is still pending. Rep. Uh, Sherry Roberts, I would be curious if Governor McKee would go to a car dealership. And say, I'll take that red car over there. And then he says, how much is it? And they say, oh, we're going to tell you after you pay for it. Or if Governor McKee, right, went and said, yeah, I'd like to buy that house. How much is that house? Oh, we'll tell you after the closing. This is ludicrous that the McKee people are trying to say that they can't discuss what I view. These are my words, not yours. View as a bribe. We can't discuss it. Because the pending, the contract is still pending. The union hasn't signed off on it. What he's really saying is, we're not going to comment until the ink is dry, and then there's nothing the state can do about it. I'll give you the last word. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. So I don't think it's right. Again, I just think that the money should be. There's other places it could be better spent, and it's not fair to give it. You know, to that one union, not to others, or even to anybody who's not just a private employee. In, in a you know a business, what about them? Listen, they're not all, the other unions are all saying that if they're getting it, then they're getting it, right? So they're in for the ultimate, in for a penny, in for a pound. Listen, I don't give assignments. I'm not a teacher. I don't like when people give me assignments. But I'm telling you and sharing with you, it would be very strong statement and helpful if some of your colleagues, some of the people that I admire and support, on the Republican side and maybe even some Democrats, Charlene Lima has paved the way. Uh, now there's two. It would be great in the next 24 hours if it was 22 or 42 or if more people step forward. And all right, the Republican Party, Susie Yankee, they did put out a statement, but there's no rule. There's no one that says, hey, wait a minute, you can't put out a second press release. Um, the public needs to know about this. There is no reason for this to happen. This is very transparent. This is someone trying to bribe union workers uh, right before an election by giving them $3,000. There's no other, 
Nothing else makes sense. Nothing else makes sense. Folks, she is Representative Sherry Roberts. Rep, thank you for what you do. Thank you for being a leader. And let's, uh, I, I hope we'll talk again. Okay, and thank you, John. All right, thank you. There is, folks, Rep Sherry Roberts, not trying to jump down. I just know that sometimes when uh, people get, general public can get a little confused. You start talking about Veterans Home or DCYF. How about just the basic taxpayer? Now, right now, it's 146. That is Representative Sherry Roberts. Again, I want to give her credit. She is speaking out. Other people should speak out. Uh, I'm going to contact my rep and say, I'd like you to oppose this. Charlene Lima has spoken out. Uh, That leads me to believe, that leads me to believe that that is in a way uh, the speaker, Joe Sakachi, speaking out about it. Um, Governor McKee, it's Tuesday. It's like he's trying to bide his time between now and Thursday when the union's going to sign off on this. And it should be stopped. And I'm glad people are speaking out. It should be stopped. This should not happen. It's a bribe. Call it what it is. It's bribery. Folks, at 147, this portion of the John DePietro show, I have been trying to look at any other reason why that would be in existence. And there is none. This portion of the program is, by the way, it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Maybe you're on Menden Road right now. They're diagonally across from Daraport Restaurant. It's my health. Stop it and see Marie. Vitamins, herbal remedies from local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. It's my health. You know what else they have at It's My Health? 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Is Marie has some great natural skincare, hair care products, essential oils, body oils, soaps. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that I think they have some very good gift items in there. So, folks, as always, please visit the website, depetro.com. And on depetro.com, we have some tremendous, unique supporters, um, such as Surplus Provisions. Pontiac Avenue in Cranston, you can find them on Facebook. They have tactical gear. They have survival gear, quality. Um, they have body armor. They have pepper spray. They have a great Facebook page. Pop in and see Tanya and Frank. Surplus Provisions, Pontiac Avenue in Cranston. And they are big supporters. When I go out and uh, do a lot of uh, one after dark and uh, be in some difficult neighborhoods in and around the city, uh, they have me well suited. So, uh, you know, I am protected. And it's come in handy. Um, As I've told the story, one of the members of Antifa last Late August, early September, I don't remember, last year, 2020, um, attempted to cut my back with a box cutter. But instead, I had on body armor from surplus provision. So they cut my sweatshirt, but the plate stopped the uh, the blade. So now right now, um, you know what's amazing is, of course, um, I think that's great. There are some key words missing, the shootings in Providence. Um this situation regarding uh, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, of course, you know, the, the media is like almost trying to ignore the Bill Clinton name. And instead, they just go after uh, Trump. Let me see the um, rest of the first Rhode Island charge. This uh, how Congress could storm by. Oh, wow. OK. Day of rage. How Trump. Uh, I, I have actually seen what they're talking about. But um, this situation with Governor McKee, folks, again, I want to. um I want to come back to that there's no other explanation for it. And there isn't. And you know what else? You know, this there's definitely. Oh, my God. All right. At least Rhode Island isn't going to be alone with this. Justin, New York City opening safe injection sites for drug users. Oh, good. So the two places that you can have. Uh, oh, good. Oh, here we go. Wow. Oh, I like this. Oh, boy. Candidate folks calls for an audit of all Rhode Island federal COVID money. Administration said Monday another 25 million had been ID'd. You know, they, this is what I, wow. Rhode Island is a fed up with unacceptable delays in delivering money. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. 
this is this is like um this is like the McKee uh bride money. That's exactly uh of three K to the unions. That's that's what's going on. Uh this and that's you know, I did I did get an email from someone said, I can't believe you're using the words bribed. Hey, you know, the ultimate. Walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. Uh, good. Someone is calling for a full audit. He, he should not be allowed on this. We're finding money here and there. Listen, either tell us what happened and, and break. Um, this is different. Mark Meadows, who you heard me uh, interview. A little bit earlier, served as President Trump's chief of staff, was involved in efforts to challenge the election, is cooperating with the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th Capitol riot. Well, he has nothing to hide. So, um, contact after talk of contempt vote. All right, well, he doesn't want to be held in that. You know, he's actually being mentioned as a potential VP candidate, Mark Meadows. Uh, depending on if, number one, if President Trump um, was going to run again. And so now he is going to cooperate. And number two, uh, that if President Trump was looking for more of, as they describe, more like an advisor, someone who would truly be um, like the chief of staff in a way. So so that is definitely news. But closer to home, now I'm telling you right now, this Governor McKee, the bribe money that he's trying to give to state workers, it, it should not stand. The general public was given $1 scratch tickets. The general public, that's what you were offered. That's what you were offered. And, and instead, good. Helena, folks, I'm calling for a full audit of all federal money of this acting governor. Uh, taxpayers deserve to know where the money's being spent. I mean, it, it is ridiculous that Governor McKee is saying, hey, guess what? We found $25 million in a drawer. I mean, think about that. This is insanity. Um, I, it, it shouldn't it should not it should not go forward and he needs to be called out on it you know what, what exactly is going on that the McKee people are you know finding hey how about the Providence teacher that had a second job going as the principal God I've been so busy today on this Tuesday I didn't even mention that Um, yeah I mean, what a joke that is. Are you kidding me? Um, hmm. The Providence Bruins have a COVID outbreak, apparently. Um, Providence Bruins are in a lockdown situation. All right. Let me just quickly play before, right now, what time is it? One fifty-four. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program is brought to you by... Competition shooting supplies. Folks, as they get more dangerous, you can depend on competition shooting supplies. Stop in and see my gun guy, firearms, ammunition, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. And I want to remind you that if, in fact, um, you have some guns to sell, you can sell them to John Francis at Competition Shooting Supplies. One of our listeners their grandfather passed away, and he had a full gun collection, and the family brought brought in the collection to John Francis. Look for them on Facebook. It's Competition Shooting Supplies. He also has a great Facebook page that he's always updating, so you can find out what they have as well. All right, I want to quickly, we have time. Um, again, Competition Shooting Supplies, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Let me hear. This is the Channel 12 story. This is bizarre. He held two full-time jobs in two different school districts.
hundreds of miles apart. Good evening, I'm Mike Montecalvo. And I'm Shannon Heggie. Michael Redmond was working full-time at a middle school in Washington, D.C., and at the same time leading a Providence High School. 12 News reporter Kim Colonian spoke with him and school officials tonight and joins us now with more. Kim? Well, Redmond told me over the phone that he didn't know he was doing anything wrong. And when that was brought to his attention, he says he quit his job in D.C. But we've learned Providence school officials knew about the overlap for months before Redmond and the district ultimately parted ways. This is a notice of violation for Michael Redmond from the Board of Ethics and Government Accountability in Washington, D.C. It alleges Redmond violated the D.C. Code of Conduct by holding two full-time jobs at once, one in D.C., the other in Providence. The allegations stem from a 17-week period in 2020 when Redmond was working remotely as an assistant principal at a middle school in D.C., earning an annual salary above $125,000, while also working in person as the principal of E-Cubed Academy in Providence. The violation says he worked nearly identical hours at both jobs. Reached by phone Monday, Redmond admits he worked both jobs at the same time, but says he didn't know he was doing anything wrong. He says he was able to do both jobs to his highest standards, and when he was informed of the conflict, he resigned from the D.C. job in November 2020. A spokesperson for the Rhode Island Department of Education, which currently controls Providence Public Schools, says there was an investigation and disciplinary action was taken when they learned of Redmond's dual jobs in the fall of 2020, but that Redmond stayed with the district until the following April. Redmond was initially hired by former Providence Superintendent Harrison Peters in an effort to improve outcomes at Providence's struggling high schools. Now, Redmond tells me he has submitted his response to that violation and a hearing date will be scheduled in the future. He is no longer employed by either Providence or D.C. public schools. I'm Kim Colonian. I mean, how does something like that happen, right? How does something like that happen? happen and they wonder is it any mystery why and then the test scores are so as horrendous as they are and they are as a matter of fact hey folks i want to remind you about henry oil make henry oil your oil provider this winter season call them today 401-521-0200 401-521-0200 henry oil since 1947, you can depend on Henry Oil. Remember, for lock and cap pricing, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, serving most of Rhode Island and southeastern Mass, and online at henryoil.com. Or call them 401-521-0200 this winter season right now. Call Henry Oil, 401-521-0200. Folks, right now it is 159. Again, uh, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. We start at 11, and we go until 2 on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. So the big um, news of the day, by the way, is uh, a local man arrested in the January 6th, that nut that had the standoff of police on Federal Hill. He was involved with the... Uh, Apparently, the Capitol, they were looking for him for the January 6th situation. That, in Governor McKee, the criticism is being amped up regarding Governor McKee bribing union state workers that he'd give them $3,000 to uh, if they got the vaccine, um, which makes no sense at all. Listen, we're back on the radio tomorrow at 11. Facebook Live is later. I want you to stay tuned for, it's the John DePietro Show. Stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news and the John DePietro. WNRI, Winsocket. WNRI.